Our second scripture reading today is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native tongue of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked us, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya beginning to the Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents into the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we have come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation in our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Friends, today is the day of Pentecost. Last week we read about Jesus talking with the disciples, promising power on high, giving them a mission, and then ascending into heaven, leaving them alone. Once again, they were left rudderless, they were left without their teacher, without their leader, and they didn't know what to do. Angels appeared to them and told them to not just stand there, but to go out, to return to Jerusalem. So that's what they did. They returned to Jerusalem and they locked themselves in a room 
No doubt they were still very afraid. After all, they were known as those who followed Jesus, the one who was crucified, the one who was who was spread, who was trying to lead an insurrection against either the Jewish powers or the Roman Empire. They were wanted men. And while they huddled there, afraid, unsure, there was a sound like a rushing wind that filled the room. And then a tongue as if appearing like fire appeared above each of their heads. Imagine how terrifying that must be. Sound of wind rushing through this sanctuary at this time. Out of nowhere, and then tongues of fire resting above everyone's head like nothing you've ever seen, nothing you've ever imagined. And then they began to speak. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, they were speaking in different languages. They went out to the streets and began to speak, and people from all nations across the region were gathered there, and everyone could understand them. Some were amazed, some were confused, some were skeptical. They even said, this is no big deal, they're filled with new wine, they've been drinking. And Peter said, not so. We're not drunk, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. I've known some people where that wouldn't be an excuse. But the crowd seemed to buy it. And then Peter said, no, this is what the prophets foretold. That the Spirit would be sent upon us. That we would all prophesy. We would all see dreams. We would all know what God is calling us to do. If we continue to read, we'd read about the hundreds of people that received the Spirit and were baptized on that day. We celebrate this day as the beginning of of the Christian church as the giving of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And no doubt the Christian church can trace its origin back to the 11 disciples that were gathered in that room on that morning who witnessed the wind and the fire. And those images of wind and fire stick with me when I think of the Holy Spirit. Five years ago this weekend, I was at the Illinois Fire College as a volunteer firefighter. And it was a training for new and and, uh, recent uh, firefighters at all sorts of levels. And it was a two-day kind of boot camp. And it was exhausting and fun and very informative. And I remember one of the things they said, they said, most people think that fire is unpredictable. That's not the case. Fire will follow oxygen. That's why we vent roofs. That's why we're careful when we open windows, open doors, because you let in too much oxygen and you'll have a flashover and the fire will consume the room. But fire is very predictable. It follows oxygen. It's because of the wind And the air flows that fire becomes unpredictable because we don't know which way the wind will blow, which way the air current's going to go, where the oxygen will come from. 
And as I thought about the unpredictability of wind, I thought about the movie American Beauty. And if you remember the opening scenes of the movie, there's a a young man who fashions himself a young videographer trying to capture the beauty in the world. And he does it by watching a plastic bag just float and flow throughout his neighborhood. He just watches as it meanders aimlessly as the wind moves it this way or that. Or if you'd rather think of the feather from the movie Forrest Gump and how it comes and goes with the wind. And I thought about how both fire and wind because of each other can be unpredictable. We don't know which way they're going to lead us. Which way they will go. And that's much like the Holy Spirit. Nine years ago, or 11, 12 years ago, when I decided to go to seminary, I never imagined I would end up in Bowie, Maryland. I'd never heard of Bowie, Maryland. I'd never heard of Farmington, Illinois, or Yates City, Illinois. But these are places where God has called me. God has led me. To be honest, both Illinois and Maryland from my home in Tennessee seemed like far off distant lands. They weren't in our region. Those are other parts of the country. Might be an eight hour car drive, might be a 20 car hour car ride. I don't know. It's somewhere else. For the Holy Spirit can be unpredictable. The Holy Spirit could call us to places we've never heard of, we've never imagined. And that's not just geographically, it's, it's within the realms of our lives. We can be called to heights that we didn't imagine, called to create missions and ministries, to, to serve the church and to serve Christ in ways we've never heard of, we've never imagined. But both fire and wind can also be dangerous. When I was in my early to mid-twenties, I was a waiter at the Olive Garden And I remember one night we had terrible storms coming through. And I remember not getting too nervous until I saw a rock about this big blow by the window. And at that point, I told everyone to get under their tables in my section, and the roof came off half the restaurant. We had a busboy sucked out the back door as he took the trash out. It was never classified as a tornado, but as a high-powered straight wind. But it was terrifying. That's the only night in my life I've ever drank on the job. But as soon as it passed, I went straight to the bartender and I was not by myself. I've also been in houses that were on fire through my work as a firefighter. And I've seen the damage that both wind and fire can do. And they could be devastating. They could be dangerous. They can be scary. The Holy Spirit sometimes can be scary. It can seem dangerous. It could call us to places where we don't necessarily feel safe, where we're outside of our comfort zone, where we do not know what to expect. Places we don't want to be. One of the greatest myths of Christianity in the United States is that we are called to live safe, comfortable lives. But when you look at the 11 disciples, 10 of them died for their faith. Now, this isn't a sermon that's going to 
serve as a cheerleading sermon. Everyone's going to be like, yay, I want to do that. I'm not saying you have to die for your faith. But I'm not saying it's outside of the realm of possibility either. That sometimes we are called to places we are unsure, uncomfortable, and even unsafe. The final thing that wind and fire have in common is they are both extremely powerful. They can do incredible things. If you drive through the plains of Illinois, you will no doubt come across wind farms of these giant wind turbines that you see spinning and spinning, generating tons of power. Without fire, we wouldn't have coal-based engines. We wouldn't have coal-based power. Both wind and fire can generate huge amount of power, can do incredible things. And the Holy Spirit can call us to incredible things can do incredible things. Our Old Testament reading is from the prophet Ezekiel. And he imagines God taking him to this valley of dry bones. And he says, tell these bones that the God will breathe life into them. And remember, in both Hebrew and Greek, the word for breath and the word for spirit are the very same word. And so God's Spirit enters into these bones and it brings them together. And then God breathes lives into these new lifeless bodies and they get up from the ground. And God said, this is the kingdom of Israel. It is dry. It is empty. It is spiritually dead. But through you, through me, we can breathe life into it. And it will rise again. The eleven disciples gathered in that room changed the world. We are all here because of eleven people that we've never met, that we have no relation to, who lived 2,000 years ago. But how many millions of people are meeting in churches at this very moment because of those eleven people? So if you ever think that you can't make a difference for the church, for Jesus Christ... Think of those disciples and realize that with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do incredible things. We can generate huge amount of powers. We can change history with God working through us. On this day, the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples, to the followers of Christ, for those who gathered there. On this day, we celebrate the birth of the Christ, of the church. But this is also rechartering Sunday. This is the day we celebrate the birth of the United Parish of Bowie. Forty-seven years ago, this church was chartered. This church became official. And I promise that the people gathered here or there that morning did not imagine where the church would be today. They didn't imagine what it would look like, what the missions and ministries it would do. Because the Holy Spirit moves in unpredictable ways. The Holy Spirit moves in dangerous ways. The Holy Spirit moves in powerful ways. On the day of Pentecost, the disciples were given the Holy Spirit. 
and they were given a voice. They were enabled to speak languages so that everyone could understand. Everyone can hear. So on this rechartering Sundays, we remember the day of Pentecost. We remember the power of the Holy Spirit. We remember the formation of this church. We should ask ourselves, where are we going in the future? How will God breathe the Spirit into this church? How will each of us follow the Spirit in ways that are unpredictable? That might be dangerous, but are no doubt powerful and filled with God's Spirit. Because Pentecost was not a one-time event. The Holy Spirit is given over and over Time and again, the Spirit is given to each of us, tugs at each of us, calls at each of us. As followers of Christ, we are called to follow where the Holy Spirit calls us. And if we faithfully do that, we will do great things for the kingdom of God. And I have no doubt that our congregation is being called by the Holy Spirit. I love that as I was talking about that, the air came on. I loved it because I'm getting a little warm and it blows right up my robe. (laughs) But I love it more because if you're very quiet, you can almost imagine the rush of wind blowing through this congregation right now. If you close your eyes and see with your mind's eye, you can almost see the tongues of flame resting on each person's head. The Holy Spirit is calling you. Will you listen? And where will it lead you? Amen.